Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew will be sharing about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, we're continuing to play some videos that I made specifically for this new series entitled Biblical Worldview. I tell you, I think this is awesome. I'm really excited. This has taken years for me to get my media department and get all the quotes and the graphs and everything together. And what I'm teaching on today, yesterday we started talking about the fallen nature of man, and we said some radical things. And did you know that because people don't understand the true condition of our heart before we get born again, that has led some people to think that, you know, they don't need as much salvation as somebody else. Before you can truly receive Jesus as your Savior, you need to come to an absolute conviction that you can't save yourself. You need to understand the depravity of men. And this is what this is talking about. It may not be one of those things that makes you jump up and down and shout, but it's absolutely true. And we have to base our lives on truths, not misconceptions. So watch this teaching. I'll be back at the end of today's program to encourage you to please get this product. Did you know bad people don't go to hell and good people don't go to heaven? That may come as a shock to you, but that's not what the Bible teaches. Only forgiven people go to heaven and only people who rejected their forgiveness through Jesus, whether it was through total rebellion or it was through neglect, only people who refuse that salvation go to hell. It's not good and bad. There's going to be good people in hell. There's going to be bad people in heaven. It all depends on whether or not you have been forgiven. That's the only thing that counts. And see, if you understand that properly, that Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you understand that you are one of those all, it doesn't matter if you're a good sinner or a bad sinner. There isn't a hell number two, a hell number three. Who wants to be the best sinner that ever went to hell? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6, 23 says that the wages of sin is death. There is a payment when people sin, and that payment is death. And some people think, well, I haven't sinned as much as they have. It didn't say that, you know, if you keep the majority of them, then your other sins will be forgiven. No, the Bible says just the opposite. James chapter 2 and verse 10 says that if you keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, you become guilty of all. That means that if you kept 99 out of 100 commands and yet you missed one, you don't make a 99 on the test. You make a zero. You either have to be perfect or you need a Savior who was perfect and you have to put faith in Him. You know, Ray Comfort is a man that many people know about. He's the one that does these interviews and goes up on college campuses and out on the street and interviews people. And often he'll ask people, you know, are you going to go to heaven? And they'll say, well, yeah, sure, I'll go to heaven. And he'll say, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? And they'll say, because I'm a good person. This same thing, that good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. And so they are comparing themselves among themselves, which the Bible says is not wise 
but because they haven't gone out and raped and murdered or plundered or whatever, they think that somehow or another they're just going to be accepted by God. So he'll begin to ask them questions. And he'll ask questions like, for instance, have you ever lied? And, you know, I've, I, I remember this one interview in particular where the person being interviewed, well, yes, everybody has lied. And then he read to him the scriptures where it says that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire that burns forever. One of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20 says that you shall not bear false witness. That's even stronger than just lying. False witness is presenting maybe a half-truth, something that's true, but you just took it out of context. You leave people with a wrong impression, a false witness. And he shows them these scriptures, and then the people say, well, yes, I've done that. And then he shows them, well, the wages of sin is death. All liars are going to have their part in the lake of fire. And then he'll go and say, have you ever lusted? After a person, he'll show them where Jesus said that if you've lusted, it's the same thing as if you have committed adultery. Have you ever hated a person in your heart? If you've hated them, it's the same as if you have gone out and murdered. And after just asking them a few of these questions, all of a sudden this concept of, well, I'm a basically good person, and so my good outweighs my bad, and certainly God's going to accept me. All of that's just gone. And these people are stripped, and all of a sudden they realize that they are a sinner. And that if the Bible is true, and if what Jesus taught us was true, well, then they are headed to hell. And I've seen him lead many people to the Lord using this exact same logic. See, before you can have conversion, you've got to have conviction of your sin. And even after you get born again, it is beneficial to look to that pit that you were dug from, to see what you were forgiven of, and it will make you love God and it will keep you focused on God, and it will keep you from getting into this thing where somehow or another you think it's your great virtue and your great ability that God is using. No, God has never had anybody qualified working for Him yet. If God is using you, it's because of what He has done. It's in spite of you, your flesh, your, your physical body and your soulish realm, the part of you that's not born again. That's what the Bible calls flesh. It's in spite of your flesh, not because of your flesh. God does not anoint you. He anoints who you are in Christ. There is an anointing on you, and when you are in Christ, you are succeeding and winning. When you step out of Christ, you fall. You know, it's like a person flying in an airplane, and you could be flying at five or 600 miles an hour and 35,000 feet, and you could be thinking, I am something. I am flying. But no, it's not you flying. It's that plane that's flying, and it's your position inside of that plane that allows you to do that. If you don't believe it, step outside of that plane and see how long you will fly. You will sink like a rock. <laughs> Amen. It's not you flying. It's that plane, and it's your position, your relationship in that plane that allows you to do these things. Likewise, for a Christian, you may have a great voice. You may be a beautiful person. You may have uh, physical talents. You may have uh, administrative abilities. You might be able to draw and to act and to do things. And if you aren't careful, you'll get to thinking, look what I am doing. But no, the truth is for a believer, it should be what Christ is doing through you. It's only as you submit yourself and retreat from trusting in yourself and putting all of the emphasis on yourself that you are really going to see Christ live through you. 
The scripture says that his glory he will not share with another. And even if you have these great talents and abilities, but if you are doing it and if you are receiving the glory and the praise and you're sitting there saying, look what I have done, that stops the power of God. And that is the very reason that so many people who are very talented and have all of these great things going for them, that they're frustrated that things aren't working because you aren't letting God get the glory. You aren't letting Him live through you, but it's you trying to do things for God. You're calling and asking for His blessing to come upon your effort. God doesn't want to bless your effort. God wants you to get out of the way and let Him live through you. Now that needs more explanation. This doesn't mean that you just sit there and do nothing and somehow or another God does things. No, you do things, but you are doing it in response to Him. It's not your responsibility. It's your response to His ability. When He tells you to do something, you are doing it at His direction. You aren't doing your thing and asking God to bless it. I tell you, this is how so many people fail. Again, I already quoted this scripture, but it says in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. That means don't do it yourself. Don't do your thinking. Don't do things your way. Instead, you need to let God be directing and inspiring everything that you do. You know, there's a situation, I'm not going to go into any of the detail, but there was a situation that in the natural, it just looked like a great opportunity. And I thought about it and I thought I need to be doing some things. But instead of me just doing it in the natural and following my own logic and my own thinking, I began to pray about it. And God, how do I do this? What would you want me to do? And I mean, I prayed about this many times and it just, I was getting no inspiration. In the natural, if I would have talked to most of you and have told you the situation, you said, well, of course, go ahead and do this. But in the natural, I just, it looked good, but I couldn't get any inspiration. I couldn't feel like God was giving me the go-ahead to do this. And so I didn't do anything. And then it turns out that something changed. The personnel that were going to be necessary to get this done are not there anymore. And you know what? I now understand why God didn't inspire me to do this. And yet I can guarantee you that 99 out of 100 people if you were given the same opportunity, the same details as what I had, we would have just thought, well, man, let's go for it. Take advantage of this. It makes sense. But I've just learned not to depend upon myself, not to lean under my own understanding. I don't care how good something looks. I don't care how smart it looks. It doesn't matter. It needs to be like Paul was saying, not me, but Christ living through me. I can do all things through Christ. I can't do all things, but through Christ, I can do all things. As long as God is directing it and I can do it. And I've learned to live this way and it is making a huge difference in my life. You've got to recognize, see, this is the reason I'm teaching on the fallen nature of man is you've got to understand that before we were born again, we were all by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. Let me just read this to you. It says, Among whom we also all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Again, this word flesh here is just, it's not talking about like your skin, your physical body. The term flesh in the Bible is a term that refers to the part of you that isn't born again. 
And that's only your spirit. Your spirit is born again, but your soul, which is your mind and your will, your emotions, and your physical body, those two parts of you aren't born again, and that's flesh. And it's, this is what it's talking about. We were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, that's talking about the spirit part of you before you got born again and got this new spirit, you were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. If you take the context of this, the verse in front of this, it says that we were all the children of disobedience and the spirit of this world worked in all of us. Before we get born again, we were born in sin. David said this in Psalms 51, 5. He says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. This isn't talking about that there was some adulterous affair. This is just saying that every person is born with the sin nature. You take a little child, and they're so innocent and pure, and we talk about that, but did you know what? Inside of that little child is this nature that is separated from God. It's still active but it's just separated from God. The Bible says that we were dead in trespasses and sins. When it says that, that doesn't mean that your nature wasn't functional, but it means it was separated from God. In the Bible, the word dead always refers to separation. You know, the Lord told Adam and Eve, in the day that you eat of this fruit, you shall die. And did you know they didn't physically die at that moment? The Bible isn't talking about death as being where your physical body just dies and it turns to nothing. Death is separation. The moment they ate of that tree, they were separated from God. Their spirit died. It didn't cease to function, but now it was functioning on their own. It was functioning independent of God. Prior to that time, God had blown His breath, His spirit into man, and it was God living through Adam and Eve. He was controlling their thoughts, their actions and everything. But when they chose to act independent of God, they separated and their spirit died. Before you and I were born again, our spirits were dead, separated from God. And look at this in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. This is 1656 years after Adam and Eve sinned. And it says that God came down to see the men that were on the earth. And in Genesis 6, 5, it says, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, this is God's evaluation. And that's the only evaluation that counts. You know, over in 2 Corinthians Chapter 10, verse 12, it says, We dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. The Bible says it's foolish. It's folly for you to compare yourself with other people. This is the reason the Bible says in Romans 3.23, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is Jesus. You're going to be put up next to Jesus, not put up next to me, not put up next to somebody else. You are going to be compared to Jesus, and compared to Jesus, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So God's evaluation in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, that every thought of the imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You may think that people are okay. You may think that society is okay. You may think that we are somehow or another progressing and that we are... Uh, moving beyond being 
ungodly in things. I don't know how anybody thinks that if you've got your eyes open. If you are looking around, I guarantee you, society is not getting better. It's getting worse. Ungodliness is unleashed. It's on the increase and stuff. But anyway, anybody who thinks that you're doing okay, that's because you're comparing yourself, judging by some standard that men put in. Men are saying homosexuality now is okay and that somehow or another you're a bigot if you think that uh, men aren't supposed to marry men. But see, that's a standard that we have created. God's standard is the only standard that counts. There are facts, and it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter if you wake up in the morning and feel like a woman. If you are biologically a man, you are a man. And it doesn't matter what you think or feel. There are facts. Did you know on a molecular level, women have two X chromosomes. Men have an X and a Y chromosome in every cell of your body on the molecular level, scientifically, biologically. You are a male or a female, and it doesn't matter what your mind thinks. It doesn't matter if you go and get surgery and have things done. You are who you are on that molecular level. But see, people have changed and now say, oh, no, that's not true. I feel like a woman today or I feel like a man. It doesn't matter. You're wrong. We need to recognize that God's opinion is the only opinion that counts. And he said that every imagination of the thoughts of our heart was only evil continually. And somehow or another people think, well, that was them back during the time of Noah's flood. We're better today. I tell you, that doesn't even deserve an explanation. Anybody who thinks that people at their core are better today than these people back then, man, you aren't paying attention. People at their core are evil. I was talking about this baby that's born, and they were born in trespasses and sin. And you know what? You can take that child, and that child... If you leave them to their own, the Bible, there's many scriptures that go along with this. The child left to his own will bring his mother to shame and many different things. If you leave that child to his own, I guarantee you they will go out and they will be a hellraiser. It will destroy them. You've got to learn to focus and to channel and to uh, head these children in the right direction. Left to themselves, this evil nature that's on the inside of them will come out. People don't naturally just love and share with other people. They naturally are selfish and they take and they will promote themselves. You know, when I was in high school, they made me read this book, The Lord of the Flies. I protested it. I tried to get out of it. I went to the principal anyway. They made me read it. And I won't go into the whole deal, but it was about children that were stranded on an island and just out of necessity. There was no adults around. And out of necessity, they had to start forming some type of a society. There had to be somebody in leadership, somebody making decisions. What do we do here? And as a result, it wound up being a microcosm of our society. And everything that we see in society, these little kids started killing each other. They started punishing each other. They started being selfish, taking things from each other. And everything that you see in society came because in their heart, that's the way that every single person is without Jesus touching your life and changing you. The answer to the world's problems is not to eradicate poverty, not to eradicate prejudice and stuff. You can't do those things. It's what's in the heart of people. They are by nature a child of the devil until they get born again. And even after you're born again, your spirit gets changed. You have this new nature on the inside of you. But Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world. That means don't be like people that don't know the Lord. 
BUT BE TRANSFORMED BY THE RENEWING OF YOUR MIND THAT YOU MAY PROVE WHAT IS THAT GOOD AND ACCEPTABLE AND PERFECT WILL OF GOD. EVEN AFTER YOU'RE BORN AGAIN, YOU DON'T JUST INSTANTLY BEGIN TO START MANIFESTING PERFECTION, EVEN THOUGH YOU HAVE PERFECTION IN LOVE, JOY, AND PEACE, ALL THE FRUIT OF THE SPIRIT ON THE INSIDE. IT'S GOT TO COME THROUGH YOUR MIND. YOU'VE GOT TO RENEW YOUR MIND. THIS IS THE REASON THAT THE BIBLE IS SO IMPORTANT, BECAUSE YOUR NATURE GETS CHANGED WHEN YOU GET BORN AGAIN, BUT YOU DON'T GET A NEW HEAD, AND YOU DON'T GET A NEW BODY. NOW, WE'VE GOT THE PROMISE THAT WE'RE GOING TO HAVE A GLORIFIED BODY. WE'VE GOT THE PROMISE THAT WE ARE GOING TO BE RENEWED IN OUR MIND AND KNOW ALL THINGS EVEN AS ALSO WE ARE KNOWN, 1 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 13, BUT IT HASN'T HAPPENED YET. AND WE ARE IN THE PROCESS OF CHANGING THE WAY WE THINK. WE'VE GOT THIS LIFE OF GOD ON THE INSIDE OF US, BUT IT WON'T FLOW OUT INTO THE PHYSICAL REALM UNTIL YOU RENEW YOUR MIND, AND THAT'S THE REASON THE BIBLE IS SO IMPORTANT. THESE THINGS THAT I'M TEACHING ARE COMING STRAIGHT FROM SCRIPTURE. IT'S SO IMPORTANT THAT YOU RECOGNIZE THAT YOU ARE NOT NOW ONE COMPLETE, HOLY, PURE PERSON. NO, YOUR SPIRIT IS PURE. YOUR SPIRIT IS BORN AGAIN. YOU HAVE THE POTENTIAL. YOU HAVE ALL OF THIS LIFE ON THE INSIDE OF YOU, BUT YOU STILL HAVE A PHYSICAL BODY THAT IS SUBJECT TO PHYSICAL THINGS. YOU'VE GOT A MENTAL, EMOTIONAL PART THAT IS SUBJECT TO ANGER, JEALOUSY, STRIFE, HATRED, UNFORGIVENESS, DEPRESSION, ON AND ON. AND UNLESS YOU RENEW YOUR MIND AND BEGIN TO START CHANGING THE WAY YOU THINK, YOU WILL EXPERIENCE AS A MAN THINKS IN HIS HEART. THAT'S THE WAY IT'S GOING TO BE. PROVERBS CHAPTER 23, VERSE 7, AS HE THINKETH IN HIS HEART, SO IS HE. YOUR LIFE IS GOING THE WAY OF YOUR DOMINANT THOUGHTS, EVEN IF YOU'RE BORN AGAIN. AND IF YOU SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER THINK THAT ALL OF YOU IS NOW SAVED, AND THAT ALL OF YOU IS JUST PERFECT, AND THAT YOU CAN'T MAKE ANY MISTAKE, AND IF YOU TAKE SOME OF THE THINGS THAT I AND OTHER PEOPLE TEACH ABOUT THAT, YOU KNOW, YOU ARE FORGIVEN OF ALL SIN, PAST, PRESENT, AND FUTURE, AND THAT GOD IS NOT GOING TO IMPUTE THINGS TO YOU, AND ALL OF THAT'S TRUE. BUT IF YOU TAKE THAT AND JUST SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER uh, APPLY IT ACROSS THE BOARD TO YOUR ACTIONS, TO YOUR THOUGHT LIFE, LIKE IT DOESN'T MATTER WHAT I DO. I CAN GO OUT AND LIVE IN SIN. I CAN DO ANYTHING AND GOD LOVES ME. WELL, THAT IS ABSOLUTELY TRUE IF YOU WERE TRULY BORN AGAIN. FIRST OF ALL, IF YOU'RE TRULY BORN AGAIN, YOU WOULD NEVER HAVE THAT ATTITUDE. YOU WOULD NOT BE LOOKING FOR AN EXCUSE TO SIN. IF YOU'RE TRULY BORN AGAIN, 1 JOHN CHAPTER 3, VERSE 3 SAYS, EVERY MAN THAT HAS THIS HOPE IN HIM PURIFIES HIMSELF EVEN AS HE IS PURE. IF YOU WERE TRULY BORN AGAIN, YOU WOULD SEEK TO PURIFY YOURSELF. YOU WOULDN'T BE USING THIS AS AN EXCUSE. SO I DOUBT SERIOUSLY ANYBODY WHO WOULD HAVE THAT ATTITUDE WOULD TRULY BE BORN AGAIN. BUT IF SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER YOU WERE BORN AGAIN AND YOU JUST WENT OUT AND STARTED LIVING IN SIN, WELL, YOUR SPIRIT IS SEALED. IT'S NOT GOING TO BE CONTAMINATED. I'LL EXPLAIN THAT MORE AS WE GO THROUGH THIS. BUT YOUR BODY AND YOUR SOUL ARE NOT SAVED. THEY ARE NOT SEALED. SATAN GAINS ACCESS TO THEM THROUGH SIN. AND I GUARANTEE YOU THERE WILL BE CONSEQUENCES TO YOUR SIN. AND IF YOU DON'T UNDERSTAND THIS, SEE, IF YOU DON'T UNDERSTAND THAT ONLY ONE-THIRD OF YOU, YOUR SPIRIT IS A PART THAT IS BORN AGAIN AND THAT'S SEALED AND THAT'S SANCTIFIED AND PERFECTED FOREVER, IF YOU SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER THINK THAT'S JUST ABOUT YOU AND THAT NOTHING CAN TOUCH YOU, YOU ARE SADLY MISTAKEN. AND YOU GO OUT AND START LIVING IN SIN, SATAN IS GOING TO COME IN AND EAT YOUR LUNCH AND POP THE BAG. YOU NEED TO GET OVER IT. YOU NEED TO RECOGNIZE THE FALLEN NATURE OF MAN. AND EVEN AFTER YOU'RE BORN AGAIN, THAT NATURE IS GONE, BUT IT LEFT BEHIND AN UNRENEWED MIND. IT LEFT BEHIND A BODY THAT HAS BEEN PROGRAMMED HOW TO BE SELFISH AND HOW TO LUST AND HOW TO 
you know, say things that are inappropriate and all of these kind of things. And unless you understand this and begin to start standing against it, I guarantee you, you are going to reap consequences. You need to understand these things that we are talking about. Man, the things I share in here today are not understood by many people. It's, I think it's very, very important that you get these truths established in you. It will change your worldview. It will change the way you see everything. And that's what this whole series is about. Remember that this coming Friday will be the last day for me to offer this over our television program. And so I encourage you to please go to the effort right now to call or write Go to our website, find out how to get this material. Listen to our announcer as he gives you this information. Today, Andrew's pleased to offer his highly anticipated series, Biblical Worldview, Foundational Truths. In this series, Andrew outlines the importance for every Christian believer to have a biblical worldview. Each of the 12 lessons in this series include a video, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF wrapped in a single box set containing a workbook, audio USB, and a personal access code to the online videos. Each lesson is full of supporting facts, quotes, charts, and historic visuals. Through the online platform, you'll have lifetime access to all of the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. Biblical Worldview Foundational Truths is available for only $120. Go to awmi.net to order this valuable resource today for you or someone you love. If you haven't yet partnered with us, I'd like to encourage you to pray about it. And then if the Lord says so, join with us. We are taking the gospel not only through television, but we've got over 70 uh, different locations around the world, offices, I think in 16 different nations. Uh, we have uh, probably 8,000 students going through Karis Bible College at any time with over 8,000 graduates. We're pumping out millions and millions of free material through our website, over 200,000 free hours of material on our website. And we're just reaching all around the world. We couldn't do it without partners. And so I would like to ask you to pray about it. If you want to make a difference, I believe that this is a good ministry. You'll get a great return, not only in heaven, but in this life, you'll receive a hundredfold. So join with us and become a partner with Andrew Womack Ministries today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product detail and download additional free resources or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. So I started doing Paris Bible College online while I was living in Mexico as a missionary. And it was just so amazing being able to do it at home you know, with young children. We live in a very remote area. My husband and I would um, download the classes into our phones. The online classes are absolutely awesome. You're getting ministered to. You're learning how to minister to other people. It is your biggest return on investment. 
Hello, I'm here with Richard Harris, who is the chief counsel for our Truth and Liberty. This is a 501c4, a political arm of Andrew Womack Ministry, where we're getting involved in changing our culture. And we just wanted to take this opportunity to encourage you to get out and vote. It's not just a privilege, it's a responsibility. And on our Truth and Liberty website has a lot of information there that could really help them. Amen. So go to our website, truthandliberty.net, and under the Resources tab, you'll find Voting Resources. And there you can register to vote, find voter guides, you can find out who your representatives are, and lots of other helpful information. And how they voted and yeah. stuff, so you don't have to listen to their rhetoric. That's you right. can judge them based on what they've done. That's right. But most importantly of all, take your responsibility to get out and vote in the primaries, in the general election. So check it out, truthandliberty.net, and get out and vote.